and welcome to the Lawyers Wellness Podcast. My name is Richard Simmons and I'm Features Editor at The Lawyer Magazine. Today we're going to be discussing mindfulness and I'm glad to be joined by Cleary Gottlieb, the Junior Associate, Eloise Skinner, um, who's going to tell us all about it. Welcome Eloise. Hi, thank you for having me. What exactly is mindfulness? I'm, uh, I've got to be honest, a complete novice on this topic. It sounds interesting, it sounds useful, but actually without really knowing what it is, I've got a kind of almost fear of, of actually jumping in and getting started. Mm-hmm. What, what, what exactly is the different definition? So um, there are a couple of definitions around, um, and mindfulness has become an incredibly popular thing to discuss mm. in recent years. A helpful definition uh, by John Kabat-Zinn, who was one of the founders of mindfulness in a more clinical setting is the following definition. I'll give it um, in full. Mindfulness is awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. So I can break down those limbs. So mindfulness is awareness. That's the first thing. It's a particular kind of awareness. And it's basically a focus on what is going on in the present moment. So that links into the next section of the definition, which is paying attention on purpose. So it's this ability to intentionally focus down on what is happening in the present moment and bringing your full awareness to that. So not focusing on the future or reminiscing about the past or letting your mind be scattered on a thousand different things, but really coming down to the present moment and what is going on right now. And then the final limb of the definition that John Kabat-Zinn uses is non-judgment. So again, this was mindfulness's use in a more clinical context, um, where it was being used to develop programs for people um, suffering from stress and anxiety. And it's this element of um, awareness, but without judgment, without over-analysis, more like a pure observation than a kind of labelling or making a certain decision about what a feeling or sensation means. So that's one definition, that's kind of a long one. Um, Another way of thinking about it is just a particular type of attention that is intentionally cultivated. So what has mindfulness got in common with meditation then? Because the two sound to me to be kind of of similar, kind of related. Is, Is there a connection? Yeah, absolutely. So mindfulness developed from a very traditional form of meditation. So originally mindfulness meditation was part of Buddhist practice and that's been practiced for about 2,600 years or something in Buddhist um, traditions and teachings. And it really only in maybe the 1960s or 1970s um, came to the forefront with these programs using mindfulness as a stress reduction tool or helping people deal with certain mental health conditions, that kind of thing. So it has become more mainstream, especially in Western communities and that's also a result of western teachers having studied buddhism within that traditional context and then brought it back over to the west and which is why these practices are becoming more popular now as people see what kind of things it can do for you in terms of having a physical manifestation in your life but it absolutely does come from a traditional meditation practice so it has a lot in common with meditation but it doesn't necessarily need to be practiced in the same formal way as a seated meditation practice So if I'm wanting to practice mindfulness uh, as a lawyer, and I, how do do I go about it? I I want to do my first mindfulness session. Where where do I even begin? 
So a great place to start is just by um, a really simple breath practice. So the breath is often used as an anchor for a mindfulness or a meditation practice because it's always there, you always have it, it's always present, but we rarely pay attention to it in this kind of specialised way that mindfulness encourages. So a really simple exercise would be to just close your eyes and focus in on your breath, like the inhales and the exhales. And really what you're trying to do is not force anything, not really trying to achieve any specific goal or mission, but more just bringing your whole awareness and your whole attention to the simplicity of the breath, the inhale followed by the exhale, and just seeing if you can continually bring your attention back to that again and again. And so a few teachers of mine in the past have said that meditation and mindfulness practice are really just a practice of returning again and again to the present, to what you're focusing on. So there's no magic to it as such, and it's fairly simple, but it's quite difficult to do. It sounds quite difficult. <laughs> you mentioned a few of your teachers there. Is that something that you need to have, do you think, someone to, to sort of induct you? Or can it be done? Can you Google it? <laughs> What's the best way to go about that? Yeah, I think with anything, obviously, if you're looking to really advance your practice, it helps to have a teacher or someone who's kind of guiding you. But one massive benefit of technology now is that you can have teachers through things like apps or on the internet, different websites, that kind of thing, where people are providing their wisdom and guidance and you don't necessarily have to travel to go and see a teacher or join a meditation community. So there are quite a few apps out there, I know Headspace and Calm are supposed mm. to be quite good ones that people have said have been very helpful in, in terms of providing a support system, a community and also a place to um, maybe get some of those questions answered, like those basic questions. So while, yes, you can absolutely start by yourself, you don't need any special equipment, you really just need yourself and your breath and that mm. quality of attention. But yes, it also does help to have a guide and that could be through guided meditations or it could be going to a meditation or a yoga class or something like that. So I think a mix of both things is good. Does it move on? Does it get more complex? Um, it sounds essentially that simplicity is, is the key to mindfulness. Yeah, um, it's an interesting question because ultimately there isn't really a goal or an ambition attached mm. to it. And I think it's a very maybe loyally way of thinking, yeah. um, what is the end goal here and how do I get there as quickly as possible in the most effective way? Yeah, so while there is a practice, really just the focus is very much on the practice and doing the practice and not thinking about like, where is this practice going or where is it taking me? Sort of just being in the practice and doing it for the sake of doing the practice and then you know changes do happen over time in the way you think or the way you react to things and there have been studies that have indicated mindfulness can help with things like compassion empathy even in the working environment maybe things like teamwork and being less reactive to things having more spaciousness in your reactions and a feeling of you know well-being general well-being and peace that kind of thing so while there is kind of a path that the practice takes you on, it's probably better to approach it just as something that you're going to enter into rather than thinking like, what's the end goal here? I suppose connected to that, how do you fit it into your life? I'm, I'm guessing there's probably no one size fits all, but is it a question of setting a time, doing it every morning and every night, or just when you have five minutes to yourself? What 
kind of format do you think works best? Yeah, I think really it is up to the individual and lots of people will find different things that work for them. So I think the key is probably to play around with different structures with mindfulness or meditation until you find the thing that works best for you. Traditionally, it might have been practiced maybe at the beginning and the end of a day to kind of structure your day in that way. But obviously you can, with things like mindfulness, and we'll come on to a few different examples of how you can practically fit this into a working day. But with mindfulness, the real benefit of the practice is that you can take it anywhere. You can fit it into any kind of schedule. Mm. So even if you just have a few moments between meetings, those can be mindful moments or you can have some kind of mindful activity that you do every day, like a mindful walk or mindful eating or something like that, where you're really just incorporating it into the fabric of your existing life rather than having to carve out a specific time. That said, um, it can be really helpful and strengthening in terms of your own practice to have a regular time where you come and just sit and focus on your breath or you know, focus um, on doing a body scan or other form of uh, mindfulness practice. And that kind of regularity does help you to find some consistency with it and really stick to it as a habit so maybe you know if you're thinking about starting it maybe try it once a day for five minutes for a month or something like that so you just have some kind of regular structure and then after that once you're more familiar with the practice maybe just incorporating it into your day as and when suits you best well mindful eating sounds quite fun <laughs> um i mean that to be serious it sounds like you can take an activity and be mindful at the same time yeah, exactly. So um, a good example of this is something that you do quite frequently throughout your week, maybe like making a cup of tea, let's say, and that could be, um, it could become your mindful activity. So you make the intention to every time or once a day when you go and make a cup of tea in the morning, you're going to do every aspect of that task with a mindful quality of attention. So it's the same task, you're doing the same physical thing. Really what you're cultivating is this specific type of attention on the present moment and nothing else. So it's a really pure form of like being in the moment. So you go, you walk over to the cupboard, you take down the cup, you really sense like what it feels like to move your body and reach for the cup and take it, what it feels like to hold the cup in your hand, to place it on the counter, what it feels like to fill up the kettle, the sounds, the kind of textures or whatever's going on in the present moment. And then while the kettle boils, you just be there in the present moment and like wait for it to boil. And I've done this and it feels like the kettle boiling takes a million years and it's like the most painful thing not to check <laughs> your phone or go on social media or something like that. But that really is the skill. That is the discipline of being in the present moment. It's really hard work, but it comes with a lot of benefits, um, improved focus, clarity, or just a sense of peace. It does sound actually quite difficult. It's so hard. And especially, I think, now with um, we live in a very fast-paced culture mm. and that we've got so many things coming at us, like so many inputs coming at us all of the time. And you only have to look at your phone to think like, oh, I have 10 notifications and I've got to immediately check them and clear them off. And then there's another thing. And, then there's another, and everything is so short and kind of snappy and coming at you. And it really is a countercultural move now to focus in on the present moment to the exclusion of everything else. It's difficult work, it's hard, and yet it has like real tangible payoffs. Talk a bit more about fitting it into life as a, a lawyer. Yeah, so I mean, there's a few things that you could do specific, I guess, to the legal profession. Just maybe thinking of a, a traditional day at your desk in terms of like having lots of meetings and lots of calls and lots of document heavy work. 
So things like taking a mindful pause in your day are really helpful. So even just taking a few moments between calls or between meetings, just to step away from your environment, to go somewhere else, to just breathe deeply and come back to the present moment. Just finding these little pockets of time within a busy, hectic working day can be really helpful. But another thing that can be helpful is mindful working, which sounds like something you should probably be doing all the time. <laughs> but it is the rate of emails that you get. Um, you'd probably be surprised at how few of them you're really mindfully acknowledging and answering. And so really taking the time to become present as you're doing a piece of work that could be that could become part of your practice in a way. So one other thing we could think about as lawyers is this idea of structured practice that helps us connect with the body. So a lot of the time in the work that we do we're very much focused on the mind and we'll come to our desks in the morning and sit down and then just be in our heads all day um, until maybe the first time we really connect with the body is when we leave the office and walk home or go and get the tube or go to a fitness class or some other form of reconnection with the body. So one thing you can weave into the structure of your day is this idea of a body scan, which is a form of mindfulness practice. So we're actually going to go through a quick body scan now. I'm going to take Richard through it. Okay, he looks, he I'm looking skeptical. forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, if you're listening to this podcast and you have time, um, feel free to just follow along. And this can be a guided body scan practice for you as well. So we're going to just start with finding a comfortable position wherever you are. Maybe you're seated. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how well this works yeah. on uh, on radio, but... Uh, He's doing it. He's finding a comfortable it. seat. Um, and it helps to have both feet grounded on the earth, like, yeah, two feet on the floor, just this sense of connection and a little bit of grounding. All right. And then, yeah, hands can just rest on the body somewhere, like on the legs, on the knees, or whatever feels natural. And then you're just trying to think about straightening the spine, creating some length in the back of the body, softening the shoulders. And traditionally, the chin is just slightly tucked. And then just start to breathe and just come back to this sense of real focus on the breath, real presence in every inhale and exhale. So it doesn't need to change anything about the breath. You don't need to make it any different from how it is already. Just really focusing in on the inhale and the exhale. And maybe you're just noticing certain things about the breath. So whether it's light or whether it feels kind of heavy, whether it is deep, whether it is shallow. And a lot of the time we keep the breath kind of up in the top part of the body, like in the shoulders and in the neck. See if you can just draw the breath all the way down. So it's a really deep breath. And then slowly just bring your awareness and all of your attention to the soles of your feet on the earth. So this feeling of grounding down. And you're just focusing in on the soles of your feet. So it doesn't really matter if you can't feel anything at all. That's just part of the practice as well. And really the only thing you need to do is focus your attention on the soles of your feet. And then slowly moving your awareness up into your ankles. And just keeping the awareness there in your ankles. 
and then slowly moving that sense of awareness up the leg into the knee maybe you're just scanning up and down the shins so again you don't need to notice anything you don't need to feel anything it's just about this sense of awareness of what is already there so you're just noticing rather than trying to create something and then bringing the awareness up into the legs moving into the hips and just holding the awareness there just seeing whatever you can sense whatever you can feel there moving the awareness up into the abdomen up into the ribs and into the heart center just holding the awareness holding all of your intention and your focus in this space around the heart and maybe you can tune into your heart beating or the lungs just rising and falling and then bringing your awareness into the shoulders the shoulder blades running your awareness up and down the arms all the way down into the wrists and again just noticing just scanning for any areas of lightness heaviness maybe there's a feeling of warmth or coolness maybe you notice like fabric against the skin or maybe you just don't feel anything that's part of the practice as well and then bringing the awareness up into the throat back of the neck into the crown of the head and just holding the awareness there And then just bringing your focus and your attention back to the breath. And again, just noticing. No need to change anything or make anything different from how it is already. Take a deep breath in. Hold it slightly at the top of the inhale. And then exhale, just release the breath. It is really difficult, <laughs> but I haven't been aware of my ankles in a long time. So it's, uh... they needed that sense of awareness. So um, it's interesting the body scan. It's one thing you can do at any point in time, anywhere. You don't need anything apart from your breath and just this ability to focus. Um, so you could do it like on the tube, or as you're walking, even, or just again finding these mindful pockets of your day to fill with a mindful practice like an activity or a body scan is really helpful. Actually in some of the literature people have interpreted this body scan as almost like a sort of a lightening movement like it's sort of like a detoxifying movement I don't know if it felt like that at all to you but it's like a almost like you could scan through the body see what's there and then it releases uh, some kind of stress or tension would you say? Yeah, no, it's interesting. It's an interesting experience to, to do. Um, and it is, I mean, it is very simple and very difficult at the same time. But certainly it gives you a new awareness of, um, of yourself. Yeah, and I think it can be quite a nice one to do, maybe like at the end of the day, if you're having trouble falling asleep, it's often mm. quite a good one to take you into the end of your day. It's quite a, a um, restorative practice, I think.
What about in the morning? In the morning. What about in the morning? Is is there a? It's all about relaxation. Is this an energizing practice? I mean, it can be. It really, it really depends on the quality of attention that you bring to it. So the practice itself is just almost like a holding receptacle for mm. whatever kind of attention you want to bring into it. So it could be deeply energizing, and it could also be, you know, something that takes you towards the end of your day. So I think it depends, you know, what you bring to it. I would say that maybe in the morning, like some kind of mindful movement might be nice to kind of accompany that. So gentle stretching and just really focusing in on the body and kind of maybe even doing a body scan after some kind of movement or, you know, if you go for a run or like naturally whatever you do in the morning to kind of wake yourself up, incorporating mindful elements into those things that you already do, you know, go, go to the gym or whatever take a few minutes after those practices to just come back to your breath and maybe do a quick body scan then. And so you can kind of link it up. It doesn't have to be a standalone exercise. It can accompany all, all sorts of different things. Um, and it's all about, again, really what works for you, finding the right things and then weaving those into your day and your life. Eloise, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you.